Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Improv Network podcast. This is a series of conversations aimed at building stronger connections throughout the improv community. I'm James Castata. And I'm Bob Wick. And we are the education team for the Improv Network, um, which you are seeing this stream on the Improv Network Facebook page or the Improv FAQ YouTube channel. Improv FAQ is sort of the education department of uh, the Improv Network. Um, so just to be clear on where you can find streaming for uh, this content, Improv, the Improv Network Facebook page, Improv FAQ YouTube channel. Uh, you can also go to theimprovnetwork.org and check out all the resources available to you through the Improv Network, uh, including the ability to make yourself an improviser profile. You can make profiles for your teams, submit the festivals real easily. Virtual festivals are on there um, and uh, all sorts of blogs and written resources and also a dedicated Improv FAQ. Um, I hear, are you, are you doing a watch party, Bob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I'm not, I'm part of the tech team for the, <laughs> yeah, we're not the, the improv, we're not the tech team, but I'm not the uh, tech team. You'd be the tech, I am not. <laughs> I mean, it's a struggle, man. All this, uh, well, I'm glad we have watch parties back. Last week we were talking about how watch parties were yeah. not available to us because of like political censorship or whatever. Yeah. Or uh, me, it was just me not or, pushing the right button. <laughs> I, yeah, who knows? I, I would like to blame politics for everything in my life. Team. We're not the tech team. <laughs> we're not the tech team. Um, All our other podcasts, we're not the tech team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sp speaking of of snafus, um, mm -hmm. so Eagle Eye viewers uh, may have caught the title of this episode as it was posted uh, for live streaming. Um, having our guest Shannon Stott, uh, who we will certainly have, uh, soon at some point. Um, but I just, you know, I was looking back at our communication and I, I try to do my best, especially with all of this remote collaboration stuff right. to make sure I'm marking, uh, time zones on, uh, the times that I give people. And I, I only did it a, like half the time in the communication with Shannon. Um, so I'm, I'm like, 99.9% positive that uh, Shannon being on Austin time, um, uh, which I think is like two hours uh, behind, it was under the impression that this was at, at 1 p.m. in two hours for her. Um, so that's completely my fault. Um, Bob and I decided we'll just uh, jump into the episode um, with the two of us on the same topic. Uh, if for any reason Shannon is able to join during this uh, stream, or we'll of course have her jump in. Or uh, any stream. Um, Anytime Shannon out, wants to jump in, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. Midstream. That, yep. That's the uh, the motto. Um, otherwise, we'll, uh, we'll make sure that we get her uh, to have a conversation um, uh, in the near future, because uh, we've had her on before. She's a really great uh, person to talk to. And oh, yeah. um, there's all sorts of things that we would love to uh, have her join for. Um, our topic for this episode, though, is going to be uh, talking about a, a question that somebody may possibly like just tongue in cheek, not like a serious question posed um, uh, during our initial live stream with the Improv Network. Somebody said, who is the show really for? Is is it for us as players or is it for the audience? Like, really, who's the show for? Right. Um, and we thought that was a great question. I love this question. And yeah. So, 
whether or not it was intended to be a super serious question, we're gonna right, right. I think it's a great question because I've I've heard that question asked as kind of like you know in the middle of a what I would call a wonky show, um, and who who are we playing for right now? You know, but like I I really do like the overall like who are, who are you playing for when you go up there? Like if you have I really haven't gave it any real thought of it because there's always been such a a shtick line. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a serious question that you should probably ask yourself. Uh, what James, let me ask you, what is your first initial thought? If someone was like dead on asking you, James Casado, who are you playing for yourself or the audience without what, what's your, your gut instinct? What, what's your answer? It's, I think it's a complicated answer. I think it's, I, I mean, like the cop-out answer is both. I think that that is true. Right. Um, but I think that like what came to mind for me, that is a, uh, interesting thing to explore in the conversation is that like, we do a lot of work when you start improvising as a student to train, um, to train each other, to like ignore the audience. Don't think about getting laughs. Um, right. you know, just focus on your scene partner, uh, just play for you you know, just, just take care of the scene. And, and I think that that's a good thing to condition people to, um, initially because it kind of diffuses some bad habits and panic modes and self-consciousness about being on stage. Yeah. And I think that, that one thing that, um, by the time that people, uh, graduate an improv program, um, you know, I, I don't know that we tend enough to the reintroduction of the audience by the right. end because of the fear that like, um, that like, oh, we don't want to make it about the audience. We don't want to sell each other out. We don't want to be selfish. We don't want to be shticky or hacky or whatever. But I do think that that um, it should eventually come back to um, an inclusive experience, uh, not necessarily like turning and directing your, your uh, <laughs> like playing off the audience. Yeah. We can talk about meta if we want, but like being conscious of the, the real people in the real room. Yeah, I, and I think you made a really good point. Like in the beginning, especially when we start doing short form, and I know it's like in the short form shows that we do, we are more conscious of the audience. And I think by default, we're we're we less interactive or we paid less attention to the audience when we do long form because that's the way we were taught. And when you see troops, I know we go to the, these two two guys a lot, but when we see someone play like two man no show, um, they they're interactive with the audience, so. I'm not saying that that those guys play for the audience or who are they playing for, but just as far as interaction, there's a big difference, you know, and I think you hit it on the nail on the head when you were talking about like where we're first, we're supposed to embrace the audience, but then we're supposed to ignore the audience when we do this thing. And there's all these little, I don't know, boxes we, we put different types of improv in. And I don't think that's necessarily necessary necessarily necessary put that yeah. on a mug it's a tough balance <laughs> yeah <laughs> um it's a tough balance to just sometimes the, the like the idealism of the art form versus yeah. like just the, the practical like mechanics of things you know yeah. and, and it's i think it's it's easy to get too hung up or or too like purist about about the uh the art form of it or too sort of analytical or strategic and stuffy about um the mechanics or the uh, uh practicality of of considering the audience and whatnot yeah. um what, what so what, but your initial thought i know you were especially excited about this uh question what do you, what sort of answer do you have in mind you know knee-jerk reaction to answer the question what do you say well i, I would 
usually reply with that that BS answer of for both. But I think that's kind of true, but within a range. I mean, again, what we're doing is art. So would you ask any other art artists like, hey, why did you sculpt that? Was it for the your audience or did you sculpt that for you? You know, and I, I think depending on what kind of day you're having or just how you feel when you get on stage, it, it could be more about you than it is the audience. And you know what? There, there's been days where I just, I needed to get on that stage to just be away from the world mm-hmm. and I had a great show because of it, because I needed to be on there and it was a hundred percent for me. So that was all my ego. And I, I think it was a great, still a great show. Um, and, and sometimes like you get, you get on, like, I, I think about that time that you, Gary, Kara and I did that show for the, uh, God, the, those college students in that big room. Yeah. That was for that was for them because I've never gotten so such a great vibe from a room in my life. I that was one of my all time favorite shows. That was all for them. I it, it it washed all my ego off of me because how supportive the house was. So yeah. it's like, what do you want me to do? I got you because you guys are amazing. Y'all are having fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and we're all in this together. This is great. Yeah, so. that's interesting. That's a really good example. I mean, I mean, like when the. It, it's just an interesting thought that like if the audience is really loving the show you would think that like that would make it lean a little bit more about you and the adulation and the you know laughs and applause and stuff but really it can turn entirely the other way and just be like i i'm not gonna do what i want to do i'll do what you want to do and yeah. like have fun kind of giving a good time to uh to the audience if they're like really riled up about it i've definitely had those like easy yeah. audiences uh big audiences um that uh that yeah it's 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 like i'm not doing anything complicated or challenging or, or like really like pushing myself for flying by the seat of my pants and in, in a lot of the ways that, that are valuable to me if i'm playing more for myself but it's still just like, all right, they're loving it. <laughs> like, absolutely you know, simple, easy, and great show. I guess like that's <laughs> that's funny, man. Um, yeah. What so? Wh- and 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 the other thing that that's interesting there is is that like sometimes when you you like have to forget about the audience in order to do your best show. So when you're saying mm-hmm. Bob, that you sometimes need to play the show, um for yourself because your mood yeah. whatever it is that like um sometimes sometimes that can be the thing that yeah. leads to it actually uh entertaining the audience more is 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 if you're completely unconscious of those things yeah if it's a sliding scale um sometimes i have to play protected because again it, it might not have anything to do with the stage or the audience itself it's just how i feel as a human being going to do a show uh and if i'm if i'm protecting myself until I can get comfortable to like drop all the world's crap and leave it behind me and then get the play play. Cool. You know? Um, Cause I always think some of the best improv is playing vulnerable. And if, if I can't get to that point, I, I have to make it interesting some other way. So maybe I'll take risk in other areas that I'm not, you know, it's not necessarily a Bob style playing, but today it's just how I have to play just to be entertaining. So again, I'm playing for me, but it's also, sh- a byproduct that should be interesting to the audience because no offense to the audience. I respect them, but they're not the artists. So I don't always have to listen to them. Sometimes giving them what they think, what they think they want is a good idea. And sometimes 
they don't know what they want. So I get, you know, or what they think they want is too basic for me or, or boring because I've done that a hundred times. So I'm, I'm going to do a decision I think is more interesting and may lead to a more interesting scene and they'll appreciate it. You know, they, they're not the directors, they're the audience. They don't always get what they want. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, you know what? I, I always, I, I call that style of playing the red wedding. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you call it you call <laughs> that's how i explained it to myself in that yeah i you know what i when i was reading the game of thrones i did not want the red wedding i wanted a wedding i thought oh this is gonna be great you know everything's gonna be cool and then the red wedding happened and i was like oh i, I didn't want it but now i'm glad it happened you know yeah. so it's a red wedding yeah that's that's interesting yeah it's tough. I, I guess you, 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 it, it's also about like what you need as a player. Like if you're yeah. tending, is it getting in your, what's getting in your way is the question, right? Like if thinking about the audience too much is getting in your way, if you're feeling mm -hmm. like that's kind of an uncomfortable thing to stop thinking about, then you probably should push yourself to think about it less and make sure that you can be successful. Um, uh, being less conscious of the audience and playing with a different focus. And the same thing probably goes if you are completely, I, I just know, I know people who are like really frustrated as improvisers um, or, or like their version of getting into a rut is that like they're great actors and they're tending to like the good supportive improv, uh, but they're just left feeling kind of like they're, they're not the one who's getting laughs or, um, yeah. or propelling the story or getting a lot of um, moments to, to like, uh, run amok or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but they're still doing a really good job. And I think that, that, that possibly what's going on in for someone like that is that they are, um, tending very focused to the integrity of the scene, which is great. But then it's like, well, maybe, maybe, uh, uh, uh try to throw out some feelers, um, or, or play a little differently and, and see if you can kind of like tickle the audience a little bit. Um, right. and, uh, and, and maybe that won't ruin the scene. Maybe that will actually make the scene better. Absolutely. Because, um, I mean, I, I think about when Go first, first open and Detroit's always had a, a pretty decent, you know, a, a strong, I'm going to say strong improv scene. But there's still so many, like, suburbs and stuff around Detroit uh, and, and places in Detroit where they're not familiar what what improv is. And I'm sure that's, I hear that all the time when we go to different cities, that's not Chicago or LA or New York. Um, you, you, when you tell someone you're an improviser, uh, the person, Oh, you're a comedian, tell us a joke. Um, and you got to realize there's so many people in that audience who's only familiar with improv might be who's line. And it, and maybe not even that. So you can't necessarily count on them to, to structure how you're going to play. Um, but you, I mean, there's also reading the audience, you know, you, you can tell what kind of style or uh, what things they're interested in, you know, like uh, uh, if you have a bachelorette party, you probably gonna have to play a little bit dirtier than you would like to, but Hey, they bought the ticket. So, you know, you, you kind of got to play for to them, but not for them, I guess. Yeah, that's a, that's. I think that's an interesting distinction is to them, not not for them. With them, it's it is. It's it, yeah. It's like when I think about the role that the audience plays, it is it's just inclusive, um, balanced between uh, the players, 
my, myself as a player and the other players on stage and then also the audience because um i like to exploit uh moments i i, I lean a little bit more meta um mm -hmm. and um either way like even if even if that's not where it's coming from it's like putting yourself in some degree in the shoes of the audience um you, you makes you notice things more like you're thinking like like if i notice this thing they probably did too yeah um and so you, then you're like if i exploit it i'll bet mm -hmm. that they'll be on board with it because they noticed it you know and sometimes I, go go ahead bob oh i was thinking about us uh, and i hate talking about scenes like specific ones but this does remind me of one of my favorite scenes of all time uh pete and i were playing our two man set, and I, I want to say you were in the audience because I remember us talking about this after. And there was this a group of ladies who were there on a Sunday having drinks. I don't know why they they went to an improv show to drink and talk, but this is that was their plan. They came into the show. It was a kind of a lighthouse, and they were talking loud. And they, you know, we're doing our best from the stage to do the hush thing um during the, the the previous sets uh but they weren't taking the notes so i think me and pete were the, either the second for last or closers and we just started using everything they were saying because they're being so loud as part of the scene you know and then kind of making fun of them you're not playing with them not being mean uh and just interpreting uh, what they're using as uh gets just throughout the scene and the audience was loving it because like you were saying, like they noticed the people talking in the audience. They noticed, you know, and then actually it got to the point where the women who were talking were noticing that they were using the stuff, but weren't, weren't aware that we got the stuff from them. Like, uh, for example, I think, uh, I think one of the ladies was like, oh my God, that's so Karen. And I, I could have sworn Pete said that so many times because I was Karen, like, and that's me. Oh, that's so Karen. And and one lady's like, oh my God, we were just talking about Karen. And, and the audience died. Like, it's, it's just one of those things. Like, you know, it, they, you know, we weren't playing for them. We were, we were kind of playing to them in a way. It's, it's, and, and I would honestly say 90% of that was for us because we were so frustrated with this entity in, in, in the audience. Um, but all in all, everybody had a good time. So it was a win, win, win. Yeah. Yeah. And, th and th I, I think that that's a great example. Um, and uh, we've talked in the past before about like how that can be a little risky too, but like risks yeah. are a good thing um, to take, you know, and uh, as long as in the spirit of, of um, playfulness and connection and fun, right? Like, Absolutely. like you're, you're, you're poking at them a little bit because they're being disruptive, but yeah. like you're, nobody's being malicious. Like they're, Absolutely. Not either. they're just, they're just distracted having a good time and not being, as conscious or considerate of the rest of the room and like being a little forgiving and patient about that. And then finding a way to like play with it is a really uh, powerful, uh, fun thing for, for you, you guys on stage for, uh, the people who are trying to pay attention to the show. Now right. everyone's like in on the thing that's happening. And then eventually to win over the group to be like, wait a minute, that's, <laughs> there's a Karen on stage yeah. yeah and honestly I think that's when the set became a lot of fun because at first we were kind of get away with something he 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 
But as soon as the audience didn't have to, the, the non-talking audience didn't have to divide their attention because everything was, now the stage just actually got larger. Uh, the people who were talking got exactly what they wanted because they wanted, you know, they wanted to make it about, they wanted a little bit of focus, maybe not as much as they realized they did. It might be subconscious. And me and Pete wanted to do a show. So it, it, again, it was this moment, it just, just enough of us playing for us, us playing to them, us playing for the other people that, that we got that total balance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let me ask you this. So yeah. th that's a scenario with like general audience. Mm -hmm. um, and <laughs> as we get deeper into this conversation, we just have to acknowledge also that like, ain't nobody having this, these, a lot of these scenarios uh, anytime recently, probably not yep. soon. Just another like thing that we have to flag in the pandemic digital world. But um, I, I, I think about like, who's in the audience, right? And so in part of this question for me is like, um, I know, especially in a community like the New York improv scene that uh, you get a lot of improvisers in the audience, uh, a lot of improv students, yeah. a lot of, um, I mean, it's, a, it's just a higher volume city in general. Um, and there's more students, there's more improvisers. Um, and also just a lot of like in the know people, like you're, you're talking about uh, uh, not every audience knows what they're in store, what they have in store for an improv right. show. Um, which is also existent in New York plenty, but you get a little bit more of like those audiences where like, is everyone here playing in the show? <laughs> or like, without knowing each other, right? Like right. you get a sense of like, I, I don't know any of these people, but I, the we're halfway through the show and I'm pretty sure I've seen systematically everyone get out of their seats and be the next team on stage. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in, in, I would guess just about any city, uh, you know, maybe you have like a jam or a student night and in a scenario where you have other improvisers or students of improv in the audience, how does that change the answer to this question? If it does at all, does it change it for you? Um, be, I guess my, it's real quick, just to clarify my, my, my question is like, do you kind of play, uh, uh, by a different set of rules um, do you play more recklessly when you know that everyone's an improviser? Do you play more artfully or do you, you know what I mean? Like, like, does it, yeah, I, no, that's a really good question. And I guess, I guess that's a sliding scale as well, because if I'm playing, you know, depending who's in the audience, I might, it might push me to do something I, I think they would find interesting. And, but with the caveat that, I, I want to see what it looks like as well. And maybe because I feel safe. Um, again, part of the entertainment of improv is the the presentation of the process, you know, the creation on stage. So if it's almost mm -hmm. as if you're a magician, like if you're playing in front of Penn and Teller, you're not going to do some sleight of hand that they're not going to, because they know all the sleight of hand tricks. They know all the close magic things. You're going to have to go big. You're going to have to do something they've never seen before. And that might push you to try something. I don't know if this is going to work, but if I if I pull off this prestige, they're going to really, you know, they're going to love me. So, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I use I use that analogy too, the magic, the magician thing, because oh, yeah. it's a perfect analogy. It's it's magicians playing for other magicians. No yeah. one's gonna be everyone's like everyone's looking at it like like uh they see what you're doing, they might right. still be enjoying it, but you're right. not tricking them. They're also magicians. <laughs> like absolutely. So so and and for me, like I feel like a lot of my playing style, because I do like to uh, play into absurdity and and uh, tap into like surprising things. Um, I feel like that gets a little more diffused or disarmed uh, if I don't have passive bystanders in the room. If everyone is a a player or thinking about you know the mechanics right. or just like less surprised by things, um, so then I, 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 I don't know where, where I go to. I, I, I think I just try to like, uh, um, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's been something that, that like, it's like, man, it's just, I know that this would be a different experience if it was, if there were more of a general audience. Right. Uh, and uh, I also, th I don't think there's a passive way of doing this too, where if you see, I don't know, for, for example, if, uh, my girlfriend was in the audience and we just had Thanksgiving with her family. Like her, maybe her, her aunt says something weird and it's, it's a funny bit to us that we do in the car, but I might bring it on stage because I also feel like that bit can be relatable. So I'm not trying to do the bit that she and I do in the car on the nose. It's just like, Oh, this is a character that's kind of stuck in my crawl. Like it's, it, it's, it's my wheelhouse right now. Mm -hmm. I might just, it, it just might pop up because because something, something else said inspired that and like, let's just play with that. And that's almost playing a little bit to her, but also it's like, I wonder like, it, I, as if it was a toy and I was a kid, like, Oh, when I'm at home, this is, but I play a certain way with my GI Joe's. But if I bring my GI Joes over to James' house and he has got he's got nothing but he man, how do these guys mix up? Like, yeah. it's crazy because of the size difference. One seven yeah. inch, one is you know three inch, and it's just uh, it's yeah, crazy. It's, it's interesting too. Yeah, the, uh, uh, referencing things for someone in particular if you're trying to either right. impress or just like just because you know you have an ally or a partner in the um, in the audience. That's that is also interesting. Um, Steven is chiming in with a, a couple questions slash comments here, um, right there with us on the question of whether we play differently for other players. Um, and I, I, you know, my short answer is yes. Uh, yeah. and, uh, I, I guess I don't know how I try, I just, I'm trying to find something different to like tap into because I am like only one part, like trying to do, um, a, uh, a well-crafted scene in the sense of yeah. like, that's not I, I I like that X factor element in um in things. So uh trying to find what that is, how I can kind of like help twist and turn and, and take surprising paths is is definitely a challenge. I, I and I think that like it's just sometimes it's absurd. Uh I, I've been I've been in in rooms where everybody again, everybody seems like an improviser. That's that's right. My, guests are understanding it what's happening and there's uh people on stage making you know good moves like like yes and moves and and using specifics and like this who what right. where thing going on and there's like cheering and like um like uh sports like audience behavior yeah um 
from like teachers and coaches and and other improvisers who are like like yeah good on you for giving us the where <laughs> yeah. yeah or for heightening or to like make yeah. that callback and uh, oh you, you caught that small detail nice nice yeah and pivot. I, I think it's so cool in in one sense the other part of me feels a little pinned down and like condescended to like patronized on it if i'm the person on stage being cheered for because i made a callback or 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 like just did something that's like a, you know a good support yes and early in a scene that's not something that an audience would cheer for a, a general audience in my experience most of the time yeah. and so when it when when other improvisers are, are like like woo like uh sick move i it's fun. It's cool, but I'm also like, what is this? I I know. I love it. Oh, because we're watching. We're what you know. We first start improvising. You you you're watching improv with different glasses, right? You're watching it with audience glasses. So you're you're just hoping for a good scene because getting a good scene out of you is the impossible task, and it happens rare. And your your teacher is coaching you, so you kind of give them partial credit uh, when you start doing good scenes on your own. And it becomes more of a, you know, just your everyday performance thing. Then that, that's not especially more. So you start looking for the little things. You start breaking it down again, going back to the magicians. Like you start looking for the sleight of hand, like how they hide it. What's their, how, how, how are they using their other hand to distract? What, what are they doing? Like what's your interpretation of a trick that I've done a thousand times. That's, that's incredible to me. So I do appreciate it. Cause I don't think it's ever been insincere. Um, so I, I did, I dig that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's insincere. I just think it makes it a completely different experience for me as a player, okay. where I'm like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. Like uh, the, the, uh, the, the times where I'm like totally on board for that uh, would be jams, um, auditions uh, and like rehearsals. So like, uh, and maybe not even really jams. I, uh, as much as, as auditions and rehearsals, because it is like a closed, it, like right. in club thing where I love having, I, I auditioned for uh, house teams at people's improv theater and they have like a hundred seat, um, uh, like auditorium seating uh, thing. It's packed with a hundred improvisers doing callbacks and um, everybody is just cheering and and these and also like these these auditions are at like eleven a.m. So, <laughs> so wow, all day they go like six hours, um, and uh, and that is an incredible experience to to yeah. kind of like showcase. Here's here's me exercising my skills as an improviser, showcasing them that I can right. do a good job with the fundamentals, and for people to support and and get into cheering for each other is really. Uh, great and it's an amazing experience i wouldn't i yeah. would there's no other way i would i would want to have it when it when it when i'm thrown off at a general like 8 p.m friday night show like that and i'm like <laughs> what am i doing i'm not auditioning for anything i'm trying to entertain people who are who can get caught up in the in the whimsy and the surprise of improv you know what i mean uh, i get it I, I i yeah yeah i guess it, structured that way i get your point but I still love it. I don't know. I just, I, I wish, honestly, I, I guess because we don't see too much of that around here or especially this last year. So that just sounds like fun. 
<laughs> yeah, no, that, that's that's a fair point because because yeah. again, I think um, yeah. for if if it's a festival special event, whatever, when it does happen and it's and it and it's sprinkled in throughout the calendar, I right. I, I think it's great. The reason uh, it becomes problematic for me is when yeah. it's like most times. <laughs> Honestly, I wish it was more specific. Like because I think people get to that point where they get so comfortable in doing good scenes, they start to lax on the basics. So, you know, like fundamentals and stuff like that. And I would like to see like people get really oh way to name each other like yeah oh we make it today different Woo-hoo! like I would love yeah, yeah. <laughs> something about that would make me so I you know what maybe guess- if we only did it once a year that'd be cool if we did it every eight p.m. on a Saturday I think that would be annoying but <laughs> yeah, with, yeah with that caveat of like you know like the, the Friday before diff we should do that yeah <laughs> just so everybody gets fine tuned just just a calibration. Yeah, audience <laughs> yeah yeah it's a it's a it's honestly and it's and it's a good for being uplifted and, and being emboldened uh yeah uh it is um so real quick here steven uh chimed in with a, another comment um and said it's like teaching trained actors versus teaching people off the street um i think this is a very interesting comment um and it, mm-hmm. i'm guessing it has to do with the way that we we're talking about the dilution of um uh magicians playing for magicians and, and whatnot but uh i'm steven i'm wondering just if you can elaborate a little on how you're um thinking about that because i it, to me that reminds me of just like the how how long improv has gone on um and generations where like the people who tend to stand out early in the improv evolution are probably uh people with theater and acting experience and then deeper into it you have uh people who are improvisers teaching improvisers and not necessarily right. acting experience and whatnot so um but but I'm, I'm 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 wondering if you're thinking about that in a in terms of the question it how players are either playing more for their, themselves or for the audience and who's in the audience and and all that uh just curious if you would uh uh aim it um at one of those things um uh, so uh, I want to go back to his, his first statement. The Do you play different for other players? I, I love that question because I do think there's a part of me who, who does that. Like you, you kind of play, uh, if you know someone plays a certain style, you want them to enjoy playing with you. So you, you want to set them up. You want, you want to throw them underhand. Like, Oh, this is the thing they like to do. Like, if, for example, uh, with music improv, not exactly my forte, uh, but I, I really appreciate it. And, you know, if I was playing with someone like Stacy Smith, like I'm setting Stacy Smith up for a song. She's go, she's, you know, she loves to sing. If I, if I can set her up to, to, to do a solo and she can crush it. Absolutely. Um, but with other people, uh, who I'm, who I'm closer to, like, I know there's stuff that, that I think they do well, or, uh, or they're, they're trying to do that may not be in their wheelhouse. So I might play, you know, differently in another way, like to challenge them more in, in the hopes that they're still having fun, but like, Hey man, you've been playing yourself for the last three scenes. Uh, I'm going to make, I'm going to call you grandpa just so you play an older character, but that's, you know, yeah. So that's just for fun. That, that's almost, yeah. you're talking about like, um, as opposed to playing for yourself, like playing, mm-hmm. Now we're talking about like okay, you and your your friends, uh, people yeah. that you know that you play with, 
playing for almost toying with them more than you're concerned about how much you're getting out of it or, or the yeah. audience or whatever. But yeah, I, I think that that's, that's a great question too. Is, is like, do you, or do you play with a team that like needs to put its blinders up to really like play with each other and kind of, um, you know, uh, do things that make each other laugh. Uh, and, and that's your way to, to have the best potential show, you know? Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know why this just came to mind, but <laughs> I've been like doing like late night shows like uh, we at Echo Comedy. We do a show called uh, Name This Show. And it's like the midnight show um, and it's a bonus show. It's not it's not it's uh, like separately billed. Um, it's a thing we hope people stick around for. So it really varies. Uh, if we have a sold out 10 o'clock show, people might half the audience might stick around. It could be like 50 people. And that's right. a great midnight audience for sure. Sometimes it's like two or three people. Uh, mm -hmm. And then it's like, uh, th then we're like, like, ah, should we do it? Does everyone want to do it? Like <laughs> something that happens like uh, backstage is that people are like, all right, guys, this one's just for us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, me and uh, me and Joe Hingleberg one time just like had this epiphany that was cracking us up. That's like, wait a minute, why do we, why when it's a lighthouse, why do we say that? Like, it it's just for those people, like those three people that this show right. is just for them. Um, it, uh, you know, if no, we that's a good point because audience, the show would be just for how many how many audience members does it take to get back? for it to be to them you know yeah yeah <laughs> three too little but if we have six then it's for them you know <laughs> yeah yeah um and i and i've done shows that were like really really fun that that were right. to like literally two people and we and we did just like really en engage and interact with them and i don't want that yeah. to be every time but that is just another example of of like of like if the audience is super small that's when i do play a little bit more for them instead of uh for me uh because if they're not into it then we've all wasted our time absolutely yeah and yeah you shouldn't punish an audience for being the actual ones who showed up to support you you know <laughs> uh but that kind of makes me think like there are moments where i've gone on stage and i was ready to give it play give everything to the audience and for some reason, it was just a cold house, so it, I had to flip the switch. Like, all right, well, it, th this one is kind of for us. Um, it, and you know what? Sometimes, what you may think is a cold audience is just an audience who's too polite to to applaud because they're not familiar with applauding during a show. These are people who who haven't been in a theater before, or or, or often, um, or maybe more used to being at the movie theaters where you are entertained in the same kind of seating and you're not supposed to make noise or you get shushed. So yeah. Um, you have to, you know, you shouldn't take it out on them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the, <laughs> I, I, I guess I was trying to say like, just because you're playing for you doesn't mean you, you, you it shouldn't still be entertaining for anybody who actually paid money for a ticket. Yeah, you're going to be sorry you stuck around for this. Man, I know it says All-Star Showdown, but you're welcome to the Bob Show. Yeah. Everything entertaining on here is only for Bob, and you're going to be miserable. Yeah. 
So uh, Stephen followed up to say that um, in terms of playing for other players, uh, he says, I think you can take lots of shortcuts, uh, get deeper into scenes or play with form versus emotional content. Um, and I think that, yeah, that's a great point, especially if you know what types of players, like if you're all from the same generation of, of like, you're all taking classes at the same time uh, and, you know, um, or, or, or whatever. Like if you know what everyone's shared knowledge base is yeah. in, in an audience full of other players, then, then yeah, I think that that's right. Is that like, you might actually be able to go um, farther into a, a, a scene or, or just like assume more license uh, to make bigger moves um, or be more patient, uh, maybe, maybe be more ex extreme in any regard um, than with a, a general audience that you have to make sure is like, okay, is, is, is there clarity on every step of what we're doing? Um, we don't want to lose the audience. You're less likely to lose a bunch of improvisers um, if you're making bigger swings, <laughs> uh, which could go for form or for being more emotionally vulnerable or, right. or uh, lots of stuff. So that that's definitely a great point. Um, yeah, I don't know, Bob. Uh, so in terms of... Uh, playing more for yourself or for the audience or is there other ground that you wanted to cover in the conversation i think i got everything pretty much everything i, I as much as you know i've been thinking about this for what three weeks now that's probably all my thoughts of it because again to me it's always going to be a sliding scale so i can't really cement one definitive answer to that um and i think that's the answer it's a, it's a sliding scale uh but i, I always think there it should be I know it's kind of a cheesy answer, but it, it should be for both yeah. at the end of the day, you should have, and you know, whether it's 70, 30 in then either direction, it should be entertaining overall because yeah. that is part of your job. You're an artist. You, you're supposed to make art. So it should be, you know, it, it should be an expression and it, it's free up to interpretation, but yeah, uh, it, 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 people, if people are paying money, they should get some, they should feel as if they got their money's worth or even more, you know, because yeah. you want them to come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I would also argue that, that well, it's a whole different conversation really is like, is like they paid for the show, but are you getting paid for the show right. uh, is, is also a <laughs> different scenarios. Um, well, I guess, I guess the other question is, have you ever played too much to the audience and, and it's gotten away from you? Yeah, I you know, I can't think of a specific like show, but um I will say that uh one one like thing that I've learned at, that that uh I thought of earlier in the conversation is is that um in those moments where uh you're doing a scene and then like I'll just use the example of like uh sitting in a, in a in a car sometimes there's like somebody sat on the left side or or the opposite side of where the, the steering wheel should be mm -hmm. and sometimes make the, the whole joke about like, uh, Oh, in Europe, one of those. Yeah. European cars or we're in Europe. Um, so just using that example, uh, there here's, here's, a, here's an instance where, okay, somebody, your scene partner is sitting on the quote unquote wrong side of the car with the, with a miming, a driver driving wheel. Um, they don't know you make the assumption that they don't know that they're on the wrong side, but mm -hmm. you do. And you're like, I'll bet you the audience notices too. Or, uh, cause usually that, that 
will get a laugh. You're like, oh, one of those European cars, right? That you, right. you laugh because people are like, that's right, it's on the wrong side. But so it's 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 a scenario like that where I'm like, oh, I I could take something that I notice and assume that if I notice enough people in the audience notice that I can exploit it and have fun with it. But if I feel like my scene partner doesn't notice or will feel caught off guard, um, I will not acknowledge it in the in the beginning of a scene because I have definitely um, uh, made missteps where I felt uh, a scene, my connection with my partner in a scene yeah. uh, uh, wrecked because um, yeah. I made an early an earlier connection with the audience than I did with my partner. Yeah. So that's 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 kind of like my 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 rule is like no that's a really good one i like that early on it's me and the scene partner and then we can play with the audience together uh most of the time it's me making mistakes so i'll call it out first uh for example i think the suggestion was bathroom and i went to go sit on the toilet but when i usually when i sit down like if, in those chairs that we have at the theater i i cross my leg so when i sit down i cross my leg and like no one, no one uses the potty that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, and I just made it a choice. You know, it is, I'm taking a gentleman's poop. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. Again, it, 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 there is no like one answer because because right. if you and I are playing, like I, we, we're comfortable. We're already connected. Before, oh, I'm throwing you under the bus. Starts before you're in a European starts. car. Yeah. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I can we we can do more. Yeah. But like, yeah. I think it's a good goal. Uh, at the at the end of all of this, I think it's just a good goal to to try to have uh, shows that are as um, enjoyable for the audience mm -hmm. as they are for the players. Like to to tend to both things is the best case scenario, right? Absolutely. Actually, to be honest, I probably wouldn't say anything if you were on the wrong side of the car to see how long it took you to notice. <laughs> so <laughs> you you'd be like. <laughs> Sure, I'll get in the car over on this side. <laughs> no, I won't even say it. no. That, that that that's giving you too much a hint. Yeah, uh, I'll probably wait for you to like if, if you start to uh, I don't know if you start to build some tension somehow. I'll I'll say that. Well, you're the one that's driving on the wrong side of the car. You oh, know? You, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'd use it. You'd yeah, I just put it in my little improv pocket. Just just waiting <laughs> to use it. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, you're the one uh, that bought this dang European car, sir. Right. Um, Steven says, thanks for reminding me that this is oh. art. Um, yeah, and I think that we definitely yeah. uh, all use a reminder of that now and again. Um, well, and thank you, Steven, for all the, the comments and the questions, man. I really appreciate it. It's it made this interesting or more interesting. It's always interesting, but yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah, uh, man. And, uh, Bob, before we sign off, is there anything that we need to mention or that you got coming up that you want to plug? No, um, I'm I'm so, working on my basement bar, so that's that's I don't know it's not going to be on on streaming or anything, but I'm excited for it. How about you, James? You working on anything? Uh, no, nothing, nothing to announce at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. so. uh, and I'm a, I'm a number one bowler, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we always have number one bowler. Um, uh, so thanks again for joining. Check out the ImprovNetwork.org. Uh, go to the Improv Network's YouTube channel to also check out um, Improv FAQ stuff, or yep. you can go directly to Improv FAQ on YouTube as well. Um, and we hope to catch you next week and every week on the Improv Network podcast. <laughs> Bye. Bye.